Think About It, a Kia's podcast about all things marketing. We're Jamie Geierman and Ryan Stanbrook, and today we're talking about chasing tactics to find your strategy. Jamie, this is one of my favorite topics that we will discuss in the podcast just because I see it. It's kind of running rampant through the industry right now. I think what's really happening is two things. One, I think there's so many different things to do out there. You can do a video. You can do an infographic. You can run a Google AdWords campaign. You can do pretty much more than we've ever been able to do. So I think people get really excited. And then the other thing that I think is causing this to happen a lot is the fact that there's a kind of that lack of planning. And we, we don't take that step back because we get so busy in our day-to-day and we get so, um, for lack of a better term, flustered with everything we have to do that day, that minute, that before we know it, something pops up and, and you know, we end up with a tactic that's not rooted in strategy, with, which is never good. Yeah, this drives me crazy. But I also have to remind myself that this is why I have a job. Because <laughs> when people come at us and have a very specific tactic in mind, that end deliverable of what it is that they want, and they're not thinking about what that larger goal is, that larger business goal that they're trying to accomplish, it's, it, it's, it just drives me insane. And my question always is, why are we doing this? What, what are you trying to achieve? What purpose does this serve? Who are we trying to connect with? What do we want them to do? And how are we going to measure our success? And in so many cases, feel that people struggle to answer those questions. And it's to your point, Ryan, that they're not taking that step back and really planning and thinking through uh, the the why behind their ask and they're, they're jumping to the tactic. And then when that item is produced and it doesn't produce the results that they were hoping for that oftentimes aren't shared with, with, with us or you know the other people who are executing it, um, the the project's looked at as, as a failure. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it should be, but the problem is, is it was a failure from the get-go because it was... Um, not based on any sort of strategy. So um, the other area where I think people run into difficulties is um, getting excited about those shiny new toys. So <laughs> this happens a lot where, you especially... Like Snapchat? Is Snapchat a shiny... Can that be a shiny new toy? Because... I, I think it's a, it's a shiny new toy that's <laughs> right. been on the shelf a little too long. So um, <laughs> um, the thing that's challenging there is, you know, you, you hear about something new... In a lot of cases, it is, it is these social platforms. Um, you want to be maybe an early adopter or you want to be the first to have a, have a win or a success story there, and you get really excited about that shiny new toy, but you're in the process, you're losing sight of why you want to use it in the first place. And again, if it's not going to help you achieve your business goal, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, we saw this back in the day as brands were starting to join Facebook and it was the chase to get a million fans who could get the first million fans first. And I always asked our clients, well, what will a million fans do for you? Do you have any sort of research or um, background or some sort of like level of understanding that's going to show if we have a million Facebook fans, that means our sales are going to go up X percent. Um, Nobody was ever able to answer that because they just didn't know. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to get a million fans. And then when they would get to that point, and their sales didn't go up or their content wasn't being engaged with, they viewed that program as a failure. Yeah. I mean, I even seen it where I think sometimes going to like the shiny new toys thing, um, you know, we worked with a client where a lot of the stuff that they did um, was very like how they got customers was being top of mind. So 
the most effective thing, it was so funny because <laughs> we were like, you know, we did all these different things and we made a video and we did brochures and we did infographics or, and at the end of the day, the thing the clients came back with that said was the most effective was we had a magnet that people would put on their, their like, you know, like drawer or whatever on the side. And they got so much business from that magnet because they were like, Oh, this happened. Who can I call? And they looked over and like, Oh, I remember they do that. So even just knowing your customers. So, you know, you talked about the shiny new toys and doing the research to, you know, Hey, will this have an impact on my business? There's another side of that too, of doing the research of what resonates with my audience. Like it goes back. What will mean is your audience even on Facebook? Why mm. is that a, a metric that you're following? And then the other thing that I feel like happens a lot is, and I'm even guilty of this. I think we all are. It's just because like I said, it, it, it happens so much with our day to day. You get into a rut you kind of like go to that old well and be like, oh, what did we do before that worked well? And, you know, what did we do before that drove this audience to do this? And you just automatically assume that, hey, a brochure or a sell sheet or um, a video is going to work really well because it did last time. And before you know it, you have, you know, eight product videos that are essentially the same thing with just different, <laughs> you know, products in there. You could pretty much, you know, everyone everyone has a uh, that video that like, you know, the intro. It's like, there's five product videos, but you know, everyone can recite the intro of it because it's been used so much. And there's the time and a place for that stuff. But um, when you're thinking of doing something outside the box, um, when it comes to, you know, what's the strategy behind that? And are we just doing this because it needs to be done and it can drive our business? Or are we doing this because it's what we've always done? Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, we see a lot of ruts too when it comes to trade shows. I think just because that's a marketing tool that has been used for you know a pretty long time um, but unfortunately I don't think that we have necessarily evolved and started to use different tools when it comes to that to make it more beneficial so um, we still see you know going to a lot of shows um, people have the fishbowl with the business cards that, that get dropped off in it and that's the way of capturing leads and it's it's something that worked well in the past but now there's so many different um, ways to really capture a lead and qualify a lead and nurture it. Um, you know, all those people who are dropping their cards into a fishbowl to win, you know, whatever prize you're giving away at your booth don't necessarily mean that they're going to want to talk to you down the road. So thinking through things like that too, you know, what's, what's a better way to maybe reach out to those key individuals who are going to be at a show before they come to the show, invite them to your booth to set up a meeting with a salesperson or participate in a, um, in a seminar or, or listen to a guest lecture and then collect those those individuals information afterwards that's going to be a more qualified lead than something you know somebody just dropping their business card in, into that fishbowl so um, there's a lot of different ways and, and different things that can be done to kind of rethink um, some of those deliverables that uh, people are jumping to and and the most important thing is to really think about what are you trying to accomplish who is that audience you're trying to connect with and how are you going to measure success? And if you can answer those things, um, it'll allow you to create the right tactic that's going to support that. And it also makes it easier when you're working with a large group of people and you've got a lot of decision makers in the room who are going to have different opinions when it comes to creative or a headline or a copy or whatever that, whatever that deliverable ends up being. But if you can get everybody to align on, well, this does meet those things that we laid out within the strategy. It does help to achieve the goal. It is going to resonate with this audience and we're, we are going to be able to measure its impact. Um, you're going to be able to get better alignment and a stronger uh, deliverable as a result. Yeah. And I've always equated it. I'm going to use a sports analogy. I'm sorry, yeah. but it's almost, it's almost like playing football and you don't know the down and the distance, but you're calling a play. 
Like, that's how I've always tried to kind of explain to people. I'm like, well, we're going to throw the ball. Like, well, it's third and one. Maybe running the ball makes more sense. When you don't know the down and distance, but you're calling the play, you're kind of just shooting from the hip. And I think that's kind of a rut we kind of run into. We do that a lot just because of all the things we talked about today. And I think the bottom line is, even if you have a sound strategy and you implement the right tactics, that doesn't guarantee success. I, I think we want to make sure we talk about that. There's, you know, there's always unforeseen things that can pop up, but at least, you know, if you took the time to, you know, it's never a comfortable situation going to a client or your boss and be like, well, this didn't work as well as we thought it was going to. And at least if you have a sound strategy and you know, your tactics were rooted in that strategy and it all laddered up to your larger business objectives, if you can say all that, your boss isn't going to be happy that things didn't work, but at least he'll be able, he or she will be able to say, I understand why you did that. So, well, we talked a lot about strategies and tactics. And if you're new to the podcast, we have a very, very special treat for you. Um, the president of IKEA, it's Ben Brugler. Um, if you've ever met the guy, he would you say he loves the sound of his own voice or just that he loves the talk? What do you think it is? I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> so uh, to close out each podcast, Ben listens to us, and then we kick things over to him for his Ben in 10. He will have 10 seconds to give us his opinion on um, tactics and developing them before you have your strategy. So, Ben, give us your 10-second thought. You know what's not a shiny new toy? A strategy. Without it, tactics are as useless as fidget spinners. God, I hate those things. All right. He's been impressive with that. Like, I thought when we were doing betting 10, it would be hilarious because... I just didn't think it was feasible for him to get his thought in in ten seconds, but he must he's he's working hard on that. But yeah, I think he's been practicing. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think he could do it either. And actually, when we first talked to him about this, he thought he had ten minutes. So he's definitely <laughs> definitely has come a long way. So thank you, Ben. That's all we have for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, as always, please share your thoughts with us and your questions. You can reach us at thinkaboutitatakia.com. Or you can tweet us um, at IKEA to share your thoughts or questions um, on anything that we discussed today or topics that you would like us to discuss in the future. Have a good one.